From KVMR and in partnership with Freed, this is Disability Rap. Happy Valentine's Day. Dan and Viola Dwyer are back with more relationship advice. It's hard to communicate. I mean, it it seems like, oh, yeah, I talk to people all day, all the time. But no, this is a different level of communication. This is truly deep, honest, you know, soulful communication. That's all coming up on Disability Rap. Stay tuned. Welcome to Disability Rap. I'm Lindsay Wells. Today we welcome back to Disability Rap Dan and Viola Dwyer. A couple of years ago on our Valentine's Day episode, they discussed their marriage and the common misconceptions about disabled people in relationships. When Dan was nine, he acquired a traumatic brain injury caused by a hit and run accident. Dan attended Widener Memorial School in Philadelphia with other children with disabilities. He then studied at Edinburgh University, where he studied political science and pursued a career in government. Viola was born with spinal muscular atrophy, SMA, a genetic neuromuscular disease. She also attended Widener Memorial School school in Philadelphia. Viola attended Johns Hopkins University, where she studied entrepreneurship and international relations and pursued a career in financial services. After working in different roles in the financial services industry, Viola decided to return to school and earned an MBA from Duke University. Dan and Viola have a YouTube channel called the Gintius, the talk, they talk about their many experiences as people with disabilities. They want people to feel accepted for who they are as humans. Well, Dan and Viola, welcome back to Disability Rap. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thank you. First, I wanted to ask you both about how you both have been and what you have been up to since you were on the show last. I have a full-time job um, in HR now and uh, been quite busy with that. And we were looking to move um, to a different state, but we decided to put that on hold. We were wanting to do a, a custom home for ourselves, um, build that from scratch, but quickly realized uh, can't quite afford it yet. So we're we're kind of reevaluating things, but really enjoying our our current um, space here in uh, Pennsylvania. So what else have we been doing there? Um, we've been we've been trying to keep we're posting new videos, but it's harder and harder with our time commitments. 
Oh, what else? Um, a cat. We have a cat. Hi. Yeah. Oh. We have a cat now named Pippi, and uh, we've never owned a, uh, a pet before as a, married, as a married couple. I have never in my life, so it's really exciting, and uh, she brings us a lot of joy. That's good to hear. I mean, I'm definitely allergic to cats, but oh, no. I know. I'm glad you have Pippi, and, you know, it's... Pets are a wonderful addition to the family. So, yeah. So you mentioned a custom-made home that you wanted to um, move into. Um, When that time does come for you to have a custom-made home, or what kind of features um, did you want in your dream home? Or have you thought of a design process that you're still hoping to manifest? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So we're real big proponents of inclusive design, previously often referred to as universal design. And there's a whole methodology and set of principles that are corresponding to, to that concept. And I think a lot of them would apply to our future home. Um, So specifically, it would be, you know, one story, um, no stairs involved, 36 inch wide doorways or wider. Uh, I mean, particularly in the, in the bathrooms, it's so difficult nowadays, even in apartments to, though I think it's easier than before, but still quite challenging to find showers that are truly rolling where you could there's no barrier in the, on the threshold from the floor into the shower um, stall. So that is a huge one. So we would love to have that fully be, you know, a rolling shower in our future home. Um, sinks that have no uh, cabinetry right below them, which is often the case in both the, the kitchens and the bathroom of an average home. I mean, the list goes on and on, Lindsay. I could tell you, I mean, there's so many things. Um, but yes, I think that those are the real big um, hot spots that we would, we would probably need to have a, a home remodeled with because they just don't readily exist yet. You know, uh, being rolling chowder. Um, for me, is a must, so I can only imagine, you know. Um, we're recording this interview at the end of January, but it will air on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Mm-hmm. Could I ask you if you have any special plans for Valentine's Day this year? Initially, we were going to go kind of teeth-cleaned. Um <laughs> Because we have a, what is it, like a every six month visit, but Dan needs to change because he has work that day. Um, what are, what are we going to do, Dan, on, on Valentine's Day? Typically, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm <laughs> 
me. He, he, he wants to listen to what I want to do uh, on Valentine's Day. Um, I we usually for most special occasions like that will figure out uh, a nice meal to have. We're really into food and uh, trying different foods, so we'll probably do that and spend time with each other. Yeah. Potentially watch a movie. Nothing says romance like having your teeth cleaned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, you said in the past that you're very affectionate towards each other. Um, on one of our last episodes with you both, you mentioned that. We don't see a lot of representation of people with disabilities being affectionate with one, um, with each other in the pop culture or social media. Mm-hmm. How do you think um, your lives and YouTube channel moves the needle in society, and how you and how people view people with disabilities and relationships, and what more needs to be done there? Uh. Well, I'm hoping that our channel does a couple things. Uh, one being what you touched on, and that is we're we're showing the world, uh, giving them a very intimate glimpse inside of it and our relationship. And I think simply by doing just that, it it's it it normalizes uh, this relationship. It makes people more comfortable with. With it actually existing because people are seeing it and some people may just be intrigued because they've never seen two disabled people uh, in a relationship before in their life. Uh, and others may have seen it and were highly uncomfortable with it. And I think that as people watch us, they realize I, I, I can relate to Viola. I can relate to Dan on various levels and by having that process, it's part of the, and I hate to use the word normalize, but it it takes away um, or helps to remove the stigma that, that often exists. Um, <clears throat> what more needs to be done is, I think, more in mainstream, like, uh, in media, so things that we use for entertainment. So our television shows are movies that we watch on Netflix and all these other streaming services, they need to have more representation of people with disabilities in everyday life. And it doesn't have to be a story about the disability itself. It can just be a a character that happens to have a disability. It doesn't have to be the main focus of of the the storyline, uh, and I think that that would really push the needle. We don't see that. I think if I, I don't recall um, very many shows like that, but I mean, some of them have in the past. We did an episode on that. We did an episode on uh, disabled characters throughout TV and stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speechless, but speechless, that was the main focus. It was the, the young man and his life uh, growing up with, I mean, I don't know if they ever really 
said that that you had cerebral palsy, but um, I mean that was the main focus. I think it was his, his experience with that type of disability. I've noticed in social media, well, in media and TV and movies, uh, that not all actors, and this is a big problem, that not all actors are played with by someone who has an actual disability and how if they what are your thoughts on that there are actors that don't have disabilities but are playing the part that they have see autism and traumatic brain injuries what are your thoughts dan first and then viola what what do you think about that representation um, by a mainstream actor, but I wish that they would have offered it to a disabled actor first. Uh, and I and I would agree. I would say uh, I never really thought about that as deeply as Dan in the sense that just the representation is, is a move in the right direction, which I, I, I agree. However, there are so many uh, actors with disabilities who would love to be casted for those types of roles. And that's why I get so excited when a producer uh, puts the effort into casting and, and finds those actors. And I learned about uh, a recent pretty uh, successful show that was on Netflix. We did a an episode on it, um, a review, it was called All the Light We Cannot See. And the, I think Steve Levy, I think his name was, um, had, a, a, I guess, a casting crew that looked for, I did a massive call for actresses who could play the part of Marie 
uh, who had a visual impairment or had blindness. And so the, the both the actresses that played the character actually had blindness. And it was amazing. And I just thought, wow. Uh, I think every person should, or rather every movie or show that wants to have a character with a disability, they need to find an actor with a disability. Um, not necessarily that exact disability, perhaps not, I don't know, but, um, you know, at least have a, a person who has experience with um, disability. I agree. Okay, the first time we had you on the show, um, you talked a lot about your relationship and marriage, and I encourage our listeners to go to our website, disabilityrap.org, where we'll link to both of our past shows with you. But since the interview will air on Valentine's Day, I wanted to ask you about marriage equality for people with disabilities receiving services, especially social security benefits. There's this thing we call the marriage penalty, where for some people with disabilities receiving benefits when we get married, our benefits actually decrease or stop altogether. Due to this fact that our our spouses' assets and income are so are also counted. Did this marriage penalty factor into your decision on whether or not to get married? And then what advice do you have for other couples facing these questions? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, really, the, the, the partner in this marriage who dealt with that is really me, uh, Dan, unfortunately, has never been eligible, uh, shockingly enough, for Social Security benefits because um, of assets that he uh, had from his accident. And so um, for me, there was a time in my life that I wasn't able to work and I didn't get SSDI. Uh, and also there's a state program that I'm on currently where it helps supplement the cost of my caregivers. And with that program, Dan, well, let's just say as an aside, Dan helps provide a lot of my care. Um, but in this program, he would never be able to be paid for my care. I could hire my mother. I can hire my sister. I can hire my cousin. They all could be eligible to be paid as my caregivers. Uh, in this state program, but Dan cannot because he's my spouse. That I think is backwards. I mean, why? And I know, and I know couples in the state of Pennsylvania, and I'm sure this applies to other states as well, where they have a similar setup, and they don't because of because of what this law says, they won't go ahead and get married. And I and I feel that that's really. Um, sad and uh any unequal i mean it's it's unjust so there's what people could do i mean i, I would never recommend that they not get married if they want to be married if they want to be married they they should be married and they have the right to be married but um 
you know, if if you're on a certain benefit or if they're if you, one of your partners is getting paid to, to help you, I can completely understand at this particular point in time where we are with these laws um, and these restrictions, that might not be a feasible move to make. And so probably the best next thing would be to, to go to our local, you know, um, government and, and start making it known that this is unfair and needs to change. And you mentioned, is it the Act 150 in Pennsylvania uh, program? Yes. Can you explain a little more how um, that works for not only you, but for um, people in your community, uh, just a little more so they know what those it provides. It provides a care attendant, right? For people with higher incomes? Correct. Mistaken. Correct. So not every state, I don't know of actually many states who have this because most people will, will get their in-home healthcare services through Medicaid because they're on Medicaid. But I don't qualify for Medicaid. Um, I never actually did, even when I was on SSDI. I only uh, received Medicare. But now I'm on my company's health care benefits. And this program is through the state of Pennsylvania. It's Act 150. And it uh, it still looks at um, the participants' financials. So there is a co-payment, if you will, every month that, that you have to pay in relation to how much you're earning um, and also your expenses related to your disability. And what they will do is they will pay, uh, and you can choose two ways. You could go choose to hire through an agency for your personal care assistance, or you can do it um, directive yourself, um, participant directive. You can choose to recruit, hire, train. You do all the work, and we go that route. Um, I'm a recruiter and, and, you know, I'm trained in HR, so I'm comfortable doing that. Once they're hired, um, the state will pay their wages and, uh, and then you pay another agency, whatever fees you have to owe them based on your income. Um, and you have to go through a whole process every year of being reevaluated financially to determine what your new fee for the year will be. Dan, we really didn't get to hear from you very much on that last question. Uh -huh. um, I I just wanted to mention, looking at you guys at the YouTube channel and just seeing you here today, you have such love for one another. And we, that is so evident. Um, I know you've mentioned in the past, in past episodes, how you met and things like that. But what do you think is the secret to a long-lasting marital success? Oh, I'm just, I'm so eager to hear that.
Sometimes people forget that in relationships. And it's hard to communicate. I mean, it, it seems like, oh, well, yeah, I, I talk to people all day, all the time. But no, this is a different level of communication. This is truly deep, honest, you know, soulful communication that you have to open up to one another with. Yes, and I, I believe that completely. I wanted to bring in our production assistant, Courtney, who is helping record the show today. She has a question for Dan and Viola. Courtney, take it away. I'm such a fan. Uh, I love that you guys talk about how you are sort of caretake for each other in different ways. And I just wonder if you could speak to the phenomenon that I know a lot of couples experience where generally, if one person has a disability and the other person doesn't, a lot of people look to the non-disabled partner and, oh, you're such an angel. Isn't it so wonderful how you take care of them as if the disabled partner does nothing? And so I wonder, what is the experience you have with that? Do people perceive your relationship differently when you say things like, oh, Dan does a lot of my caretaking? And how do people respond to you as a couple? You know, we we don't have that dynamic. And I know I see other people on YouTube, couples that share their lives in a similar way, who really do. And they struggle with that commentary on almost on the daily, it seems. And people have no, I, I think it's because people have no idea how much we do for each other. And how much it's this dance that we have every day. Um, you know, he he helps me get out of bed with the lift that we had. Uh, and it's a God's, I mean, we found this lift. We thought we were going to have it as a backup because my mother, as my main caretaker, was moving away a couple of years ago. And I thought, well, well we, won't, we may not use it a lot, but we now use it every day. And we actually like to use it. Um, we use it on the weekends, uh, but then I, you know, I help him with every day with glossing and brushing his teeth and probably not enough shaving, according to him, but he likes to have probably more regular shaves. Um, but we do that, like we, and, and he'll do other things for me. And I think it's, it's very hidden. People don't see that. Um, they might see every once in a while that I'll help them with food when we're out in, in public, but we don't get that commentary because I think people have no clue. They think that we're totally dependent on other people and we can't possibly be doing all the things that we're doing for each other. But I'm very, very grateful that we're able to do it today and 
I hope we can maintain it for as long as we can uh, because I really enjoy it. I, I think it's I think it's only deepened our relationship quite quite honestly. One more question. Uh-huh. You had a video on your YouTube channel where you guys went to Disney World. Yeah. That experience and you rated the and you rated the um the rides. Yes, the rides. Um do you think your YouTube channel brings you closer together as a couple in doing those activities? Or do you have a little arguments because of those activities and trying to get through those videos or at those activities, or does it kind of push you together? What can you explain? You have to I think Yeah, I think it brings us more together with the show, he said. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, see, Dan's not being honest. He is a very regimented person. <laughs> he loves routine. And so sometimes I'll say, hey, Dan, we haven't done an episode while we should, we should film this, but he might want to take a shower at that time or he might want to eat because it's lunchtime. And it's like, well, let's hurry up, let's film it. And uh, and we'll do it, but then he's like, you know, upset because he didn't do it. So sometimes, yeah, it can get in the way. And uh, I mean, it's it's a whole other. Now, thankfully, we don't do all the editing, so it could be a whole other job. But it's like a part time job, and <clears throat> we do it on the weekends. We do it on free time. Um, so yeah, it could strain people and get them cranky. Because it breaks up their routine. Yeah. Dance. Yeah. Um. yeah, so Courtney and I are very big fans, like she said. And we were so happy to have you on today. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. Uh-huh. Hey, Courtney, it's always fun to, to be on Disability Rap. We love your show. That was our conversation with Dan and Viola Dwyer. Their YouTube channel is The Ginchiest. Before we end the show, we have a special announcement. We'll be hosting a live Zoom recording of Disability Rap on March 4th in honor of National Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month. It will be a panel discussion focusing on the transition from youth to adulthood for people with cerebral palsy. Again, that's a live recording of Disability Wrap on March 4th at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time here in the United States. For more information and to register for the Zoom event, go to disabilitywrap.org. Special thanks this month to Carl Sigmund and Courtney Williams. 
I'm Lindsay Wells for another edition of Disability Wrap.